Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We hope that you and yours had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Welcome to episode 150. I'll have a little more to say about that after the sportscast. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News, sports and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas in Mansfield. Jonathan Dodd, what's coming up in sports today? The Wolves survive a close call. Coming up in the features section. I'm Dennis Webb, and in today's science segment, we answer a listener's question and have an update on the recent Artemis mission to the moon. Don't let your holiday dinner knock your healthy diet off balance. I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know, and you'll learn more later in the episode. Thanksgiving is over, and it feels like Christmas is right around the corner. This year got away from you, and now you're not sure if it's a good time to buy or sell. I'm Beth Steinke, and we're going to talk about it on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will remind you of your crazy aunt at Christmas time. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment... Steve concludes his in-studio conversation with Boston Marathon runner Corey Berlin. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money, and what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. Hi, I'm Latasha Tagle, Executive Director of the Levitt Pavilion Arlington, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Colleen, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas here in Mansfield as the city and Mansfield ISD have teamed up to combine two great traditions into four days of holiday magic. We're talking hometown holidays, and it has expanded to four days, Wednesday, November 30th through Saturday, December 3rd at the Center for the Performing Arts at 1110 West Debbie Lane. Everyone is welcome to come out for one day or perhaps all four days to enjoy the Midway Rides, a Snow Hill Carnival Games, interactive arts, Santa visits, food vendors, and of course the traditional Toys for Tots drop-off. There will be special highlights to each day, like the Toy Parade on Wednesday, a tree lighting and fireworks on Thursday, a Friday night drone show, and it all concludes with a dance spectacular on Saturday. It's the Hometown Holidays, and you can get more information at MansfieldHometownHolidays.com. Timberview continues its rally into the playoffs. Let's head on over to the sports desk. 
here's Jonathan Dodd. The Timberview Wolves are advancing to the next round of the UIL playoffs after beating the Frisco Reedy Lions in a tight 28-26 contest last Friday night. Timberview jumped out in front early, taking a 21-3 lead into the half. The Lions then mounted a furious comeback, getting the game to within two points, but the Lions' two costly turnovers and a failed two-point conversion to tie the game with less than a minute left were the difference in the matchup. Timberview running back Jarvis Reed had two touchdowns to help the Wolves advance to the regional finals for the first time since 2011, where they will face their biggest challenge of the season, taking on the undefeated Longview Lobos. This will be the first time the two schools have played each other, with the winner moving on to the Class 5A Division I semifinal round. Kickoff is at 7 o'clock Friday night at Mesquite Memorial Stadium in Mesquite. This week's highs and lows of Texas high school football, Corpus Christi Flower Bluff scorches San Antonio Veteran Memorial 66-42, and the low game sees Burton beat Chilton 7-0. And this week's goose egg goes to the Benjamin-Throckmorton matchup, with Benjamin winning 48-0. Reporting from the About Mansfield Sports Desk, I'm Jonathan Dodd. Thank you, Jonathan. They said it would never last. Come on now, we heard the comments. I give it five episodes, maybe 10, 20, 50, a year. About Mansfield is just four short weeks away from our three-year anniversary, and the program that you're listening to right now marks our 150th episode. We could not have done it without you, the listener. Without you, there is no news, no talk, no information. On behalf of our all-volunteer staff, and from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. And there's so much more to be thankful for. About Mansfield would also not be possible without our sponsors who help pay our monthly bills. Philip Washington Jr., Stonehill Wealth Management, Realtors Roger and Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight, Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, Joe Jenkins Insurance, Calibration Chiropractic, Bartlett Tree Experts, and Mahady Law. We thank you. To our staff, past and present, Colleen Daniel, Dennis Webb, Brian Certain, Jonathan Dodd, Terry Radswin, Stacey Main, Tommy Cummings, all Mansfield residents, all volunteers with over 200 years of either broadcast or industry experience. And finally, a huge thank you to Selmark Corporation for being the best place in Mansfield to create a podcast. We love being a part of your family. If you have a comment about the show, the good, the bad, and the ugly, come on and reach out to us, news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Friday, December 2nd is National Mutt Day, which encourages us humans to embrace, save, and celebrate mixed breed dogs. National Mutt Day provides an excellent opportunity to find the perfect canine companion. Despite the name, a mutt can learn, obey, and train much like purebred animals. While their lineage cannot be traced and their features may be a bit murky, their companionship will always make them man's best friend. Desperately longing for a new home, millions of loving and healthy mutts, or mixed breed dogs, in shelters are waiting for you to come and adopt them. According to the ASPCA, approximately 3.3 million dogs enter shelters each year. Dogs love walking, playing, and being loved, even if they haven't found their forever home. Every moment they spend socializing increases their opportunity for adoption. There are several mutts waiting for you at the Mansfield Animal Shelter. This Friday would be a great day to make one of those furry friends 
a forever companion. Colleen, I have two rescued mutts at home. One of them loves the heat of the summer while the other one is quite content lying in the snow. Which one is going to be happy with this week's weather forecast? I think both of your mutts will find something to love in this week's forecast, though probably not on the same day. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. After a lovely warm start to the week, a cold front was scheduled to arrive Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, dropping us down significantly below our average highs of about 62 degrees for this time of year. This cold snap is brief, just about two days, and then we'll warm right back up with a slightly unsettled pattern developing over the weekend that might bring us a chance of rain. We're looking at a high Wednesday of only 49 degrees, Thursday 52 degrees, Friday back up to 66 degrees, Saturday 64 degrees, Sunday 68 degrees, Monday 74 degrees, and Tuesday 60 degrees. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. As always, we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three... Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community and why so many people trust Methodist. Congratulations to Christopher Micah, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who was Mansfield's first Justice of the Peace? According to the book, The History of Mansfield, Texas, James Hunter Alexander was Mansfield's first Justice of the Peace. Christopher has won a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no 
no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. Hi, I'm Paula Giamma Morales, Tarrant County Jury Bailiff, and you're listening to About Mansfield. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find Joe Jenkins Insurance on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question. Colleen? Well, Steve, since the late 1800s, Mansfield has had its fair share of lawmen protecting our city, including a number of sheriffs and marshals. This week's trivia question is, who is the current Mansfield Police Department Chief of Police? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who is the current Chief of Police for the Mansfield Police Department? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, this is Kyle Teixeira with Teixeira Property Management, and you are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb digs deep into the listener mailbag. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. About Mansfield listener, little Stevie, asked, Hey, we all know that heat rises. The second story of a home is naturally warmer than downstairs. So if heat rises, why do you lose three degrees for every thousand feet of altitude? Meaning it's 30 degrees cooler on the top of a 10,000 foot mountain than it is at the base. We're always especially glad to answer our younger listeners' questions. There are several things going on here. It is true that hot air rises, making the second story of a tight house warmer. What happens is the hot air is trapped in the second story and pushes the remaining colder air down to the first floor. This is kind of the same principle of how a hot air balloon works, as hot air contained in the balloon is buoyant in the colder air around it, and this is enough to carry the weight of the balloon, its basket, and passengers upward. Why is air cooler the higher you go into the atmosphere, like when you drive up a mountain? As Stevie asks, shouldn't all the hot air rising from the earth make it hotter the higher you go? Actually, the opposite happens for several reasons. First, this rising hot air is not contained, so as it rises, its pressure decreases. And when for a given amount of gas going to a lower pressure, it cools down. This is one of the mathematical gas laws. The colder upper atmosphere is just hot air that cooled down either from the pressure drop or this other second thing. Second thing, the nature of the heat in the air gets changed as you rise. Warm, moist air rising is what powers our planet's weather. 
When warm, moist air rises into colder air and cools a bit, some of the moisture, that is water vapor, condenses out to make tiny water droplets that we see as clouds. If you ever see a fluffy cloud with a flat bottom, that flat bottom shows the altitude where the decreasing temperature goes below the dew point as you rise in the sky. This condensing is called phase change, which is a physical operation that can absorb or generate a lot of heat depending upon the phase change. The air conditioners in our homes and cars push heat around by controlling pressure to create phase change to cool our houses and cars. As I said earlier, rising moist air is responsible for most of our weather. When a lot of hot moist air rises rapidly, it can generate tornadoes, where heat from the surface is transformed into fierce organized winds aloft. On a larger scale, when a big disorganized tropical storm shows up over the very warm water of the Gulf of Mexico, the jolt of extra heat can produce a hurricane. If a hurricane spends more time over this warm water, it gets stronger, more organized, and more dangerous to us humans. As a person who has run away from several Gulf Coast hurricanes, I'm grateful that weather scientists have figured this all out. Thanks for the question, little Stevie. If you have any other questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. Finally, an update on NASA's Artemis mission to the moon. The giant space launch system rocket launched from Florida on November 16th and later blasted the Orion space capsule on a trajectory to the moon. Early Monday morning, November the 21st, it traveled within 81 miles of the surface of the moon, whizzing past to start its eccentric orbit of the moon for a couple of weeks. In December, a smaller rocket still attached to Orion will blast it back to the Earth, and it'll splash down in the Pacific Ocean. Recall that there are no people on this flight, as it is testing the capsule systems to see if we can keep people alive for a couple of weeks in space. But in addition to all the spaceship's instrumentation, there are several instrumented dummies in spacesuits to estimate some of how the mission would feel to a human being. As this is the 21st century, there are cameras all over the spaceship and the rocket launcher, and there is a lot of NASA video you can see online. There's a great picture from Monday from one of the solar arrays showing the Orion capsule with the now huge moon behind it and a little bitty blue marble Earth way in the background. Since there is no astronaut privacy requirement, there are cameras inside the capsule showing the mostly static scene except for two stuffed toys floating around. The first is Snoopy the Beagle from Charles Schultz Comics, and he has a long partnership with NASA as a symbol of flight safety. As the European Space Agency built the Orion service module, there is also a stuffed toy Shaun the Sheep. I'm not sure I really understand this symbolism, though apparently Sean the Sheep had a recent space travel movie called Farmageddon. The European partners love it. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is here to keep your diet on track, even if your Thanksgiving meal got a bit out of hand. In today's Methodist Mansfield, news to know. Instead of stuffing yourself with one each meal this holiday, try eating smaller portions of healthier foods throughout the day. When you do sit down to eat your holiday meal, take time to slow down, savor the flavors, and enjoy conversations with family and friends. You can also enjoy holiday goodies, but be sensible with the food portions. There are no forbidden foods. However, try your best to watch your caloric intake and avoid foods that are high calorie, like chips and dips. And instead, 
indulge in fresh vegetables and fruit. To help you feel full before the meal, try a hot broth-based soup that can help you from overeating. Additionally, you can prepare those traditional recipes with substitutions that have less fat and sugar. Try unsweet applesauce instead of butter. Whatever the measurements in the recipe calls for, just swap out half the equal amount in applesauce instead of butter. Another alternative is simply slice the sugar content from calories in half by adding vanilla as a substitute. Throughout the holiday season, exercise is particularly beneficial. It's very important to get as much exercise as possible so that you're helping your body with the extra goodies that are around during the holidays. Go out and take a walk with your family after the holiday meal. Consider cheering actively by jumping up and down when watching the football game, dancing, or playing touch football with your family in the backyard. The increase in your physical activity will really help. Managing your dietary habits is important during the holiday season, but it's also a lifelong journey. If you embrace the challenge, you'll not only feel better and have more energy, you'll be making an important investment in your health. Happy holidays to you and your family. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Angel Biasati, with Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Buying or selling, you can always rely on realtor Beth Steinke having great information with the Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. The real estate market, like all markets, can be subject to seasonal highs and lows. COVID really interrupted the traditional cycles, but that is beginning to return to a more normal market again. Still complicated and unpredictable, but we do have historical data to rely on that allows us to, with some certainty, share with you the cycles of the market, including the holidays. Generally speaking, when buyers are distracted, they can tend to drop out of the house hunt if moving is more of a want than a need. What that leaves us are serious buyers in the hunt with less competition. In my mind, that makes it a good time to buy and sell. The seasonality patterns here in North Texas look like this. January 1, my phone starts ringing. True story. They do not wait till January 2nd or even until the hangover has waned. And that's A-OK by me. I'm just over here making my black-eyed peas and greens and happy to take that call. After all, the New Year's resolution to buy a home is powerful. And demand will tend to crescendo all the way to late spring, early summer. That's our spring market, our busiest season. Maybe a little eye-opening to those that thought spring was just April, May, and June. It starts to level off as temperatures rise, and will take another slight dip when temperatures get over 100 degrees. It's just too hot to be running in and out of cars and houses, all sweaty with the kids and grandma. The good news is that they will brave the cold, not so much the ice and snow, though, to house hunt. And then, when school is back in session and kids are settled, the fall becomes our second busiest season. Then, the holidays hit. And many homebuyers go into the busyness of the season and will, again, tend to put their house hunt on hold until after the new year, and thus the cycle begins anew. So what makes the holidays a good time to buy? Less competition for each house. More properties are available for consideration. More time for house hunting. You don't have to make a decision in 10 minutes, and that's huge. Potential for negotiation and the possibility of some year-end tax breaks. Now, why would I list my home for sale now versus the new year? 
Well, because buyers who are shopping during the holiday are absolutely serious about making offers, and offers are what we want. They do not just go out looking for the fun of it during this time of year. Buyers are ready to get the house closed and moved in quickly, so you may get a faster sale. And the sooner you get it on the market, the sooner you get the right person's eyes on it. There is no time like the present, and we do not know what the new year will bring for interest rates, buyer demand, or home prices. There is one exception, and this was a hard-learned lesson. There is one week out of the year that I will never, ever list a house for sale again. So don't ask me to. I won't do it. And that's between Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. I did it once, and it was crickets until the new year. And then everyone came out of hibernation from their holiday joy, and all was well in Whoville. Uh, I mean, Mansfield. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of Tuesday, November 29th, there are 128 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. That is right on track with October's numbers, showing the housing market in Mansfield is stable. Homes this week range from 200000 with a list topping out at nearly $2 million. Again, virtually unchanged from last month. Last week, 16 homes sold in Mansfield, which are pretty strong sales numbers for a three-day work week with a big holiday in there. They were on the market for an average of 59 days, lengthening a bit since last month. Looking over our year-over-year number gives us our best vantage point of where we have come from and where we might be going. Coming in strong is our median sales price of $475,000, up 17% from October of 2021. 41% of those sales were between $500,000 and $750,000. But check this out. Closed sales for October 22 are up 14.5% over last October in Mansfield. That's certainly not the information you're hearing on the news. Lots of reasons for this surprise, primarily because inventory is up 92%. That means that there are houses to buy. This is certainly cause for celebration. That 92% inventory increase does include a lot of new construction homes, as they have taken the brunt of the slowdown. It's the main reason that I do not include new construction numbers in our weekly report. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send me a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred? Either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is here with the Cocktail of the Week. This week's Cocktail of the Week is Aunt Clara's Pink Bunny Pajamas. One of my favorite sayings is from Dixie Carter, star of the TV show Designing Women. She said, this is the South. We're proud of our crazy people. We don't hide them up in the attic. We bring them right down to the living room to show them off. No one in the South ever asks if you have crazy people in your family. We just ask what side they're from. And while you may not have an Aunt Clara, you certainly can get an image of a crazy aunt wearing pink bunny pajamas sipping on a cocktail. And in that vein, today I'm starting a new series on Christmas cocktails to drink during this holiday season. Thanks to Town & Country website for all these great holiday cocktails. But don't worry about taking notes, as I'll always be giving the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. This week's Cocktail of the Week is Aunt Clara's Pink Bunny Pajamas. Ingredients, one and a half ounces of bourbon cream. Three-fourths of an ounce of citrus-forward gin. Whatever your favorite kind of citrus-forward gin is what I recommend. Three dashes of cranberry bitters. I used Fee Brothers. 
and a half ounce of simple syrup. Again, great cocktail, easy to make. You put all the ingredients into a cocktail glass with ice strain into a martini glass or coupe glass and garnish with an orange wheel. So again, you're taking all the ingredients, putting it in a shaker glass, putting in ice, shaking it, straining it, putting it in a cocktail glass. As always, I'm interested to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, I'm Bernie McCraney, assistant to the city manager, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And those who listen on a regular basis, you know that I like to... uh, uh, bring in Mansfield residents. Well, most of the people that come in during the talk segment are Mansfield residents. Uh, some of them have an inspirational story to tell, and I believe that's where we're headed today. I'd like to uh, welcome to the studio Corey Berlin. Welcome uh, to About Mansfield. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. I've uh, I've always listened and heard a lot about the podcast, and I'm just uh, grateful for you having me on today. Absolutely. You are a Mansfield resident of, of 10 years. Yes, sir. Let's go back uh, before we, we so the, the tease there was the, the inspirational, before we get into all the inspirational stuff. Let's find out a little bit about Corey Berlin. Where, where are you from? Grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. Just, um, across, uh, the, just across the border. Yeah, about three hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, my family still lives there, and I moved over here for work. I'm a physical therapist. I've worked in a couple different hospitals uh, currently uh, have been at a hospital, um, uh, Baylor Orthopedic and Spine Hospital in Arlington. I've been there for about 12 years. So uh, it's been uh, it's been a great place to work. We enjoy uh, living here in Mansfield, working just down the street in Arlington. Uh, but gr- yes, grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. I was a college athlete, college football player. And um, when I left Louisiana, I uh, actually went to a physical therapy school at LSU and uh, graduated from there, and then uh, soon after met my wife, and we started our family and uh, settled here in Mansfield. Wound up in Mansfield, yeah. you and you came to Mansfield for the kids, right? Because of the, the great school district, and or at least that's what we're being uh, accused of is that we, when we moved out here 18 years ago, we pretty much had our choice of really any place within about a 10, 15 mile radius of, of UTA where my wife works. And we also chose Mansfield. And the, oh, you chose Mansfield because of the schools, because of the kids. Yes. Is it? <laughs> yes, that is what you hear. And, and you definitely uh, pay for it with the taxes. And, and so, yeah. but, but we've been very pleased. Our, our three boys go to Jailborn Elementary School and uh, we have nothing but Incredible things to say about it. We love the school and the staff there. Yeah, the school's got a great reputation. Let's go back to, you mentioned you were a a college athlete. You played football now. Looking at your current physique, you do not look like a football player. Well, I hear that a lot. I get that a lot. And you're exactly right. I was probably 25 pounds heavier when I played Mm -hmm. college football at Louisiana Tech in Ruston, Louisiana. And I was a receiver, so I, I definitely was one of the smaller guys on the team. Um, but yes, I had a great, uh, great time, um, in high school and college playing football. And, uh, subsequently after that, 
found physical therapy, uh, went into physical therapy school and, and kind of put athletics uh, to the wayside there. And what drew you to physical therapy? So I was, I was in college and dealing a lot with athletic trainers and uh, physical therapists just through just watching teammates go through injuries, watching different things on the field. Uh, football is a violent sport. And so you see a lot of your teammates uh, get injuries. Uh, luckily, I didn't have any serious injuries in my career. But seeing how the rehab process went, seeing how uh, they were able to recover with the help of these therapists and athletic trainers that drew me to the to the field. So you've got uh, the you've got the athletic background, and then you've got the 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 really the patching them back up after uh, after injuries background. Uh, let's let's talk about what you're what you're doing currently, and and you started you started something when COVID happened. Yes. When COVID when COVID shut down and all of a sudden everybody's everybody restaurants are closed and um, so this would be what March of twenty March of twenty 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 you needed a new hobby yes and around that time um, I, I work with some coworkers who are very um, very fit they like to get out in the outdoors they like to exercise and I was challenged uh, by a couple of them. Uh, to come run a half marathon. And so I told you earlier, running to me as a football player growing up was always a form of punishment. It was like, go run some laps because you didn't run the right play or you forgot the, you know, the snap or whatever it was. And so I never looked at it as something that was enjoyable. But um, these coworkers, they, they kind of challenged me and kind of put the ante out there for me to, for me to come join them. And so I, I kind of threw myself into training for a for a half marathon. Had no idea what I was doing. I had never even run a five k, which is where most people uh, start. Sure, <laughs> the sure. Couch, well, the couch and that's to 5K. a so even uh, uh, okay half marathon thirteen point one thirteen point one, and that's that's pretty ambitious to just go from zero to okay the first uh, the first run I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh, timed and and, and whatnot it, thir- a half marathon is huge it's it's huge and they didn't even tell me they said hey we're gonna go run this half marathon in Waco and so they kind of put me on the right track as far as you know go start doing this build up your mileage each week still really had no idea what I was doing then I get to the race and it's advertised as the toughest half marathon in Texas <laughs> <laughs> before I ask why it was the toughest uh, when did when did the uh, when did the guys come to you and say we want you to run this with us and how much time did you have to, to there's train? actually three girls that I worked oh, okay. with <laughs> which All right. I didn't explain but they're they're some of the strongest people I know, but that, so this was in December. So around Christmas time and the race was going to be in March. And, um, just ironically, uh, Steve, it was going to be the day before my 40th birthday. That was, that was kind of a draw to me as well to kind of do something fun and challenging for, you know, my 40th birthday. So the, the, they gave me about a three months notice, uh, prior to this race. Wow. Okay, why is it called the toughest uh, half marathon? If you've if you've never run in Waco, uh, you don't know about Cameron Park. So there's a they call the race the Marathon, the Waco, mm. uh, the Baylor Bears, and so Cameron Park. A lot of the race goes through Cameron Park, and there's about five massive hills that you're going up and down uh, through the through the half marathon, and so it's a very very taxing race because you're trying to. Uh, get up and down these hills while you're still running 13 miles. 
And how'd you do? Didn't do bad. I, I really, um, my goal was to be under two hours. I just kind of set a set a goal because I had no idea what I was doing the first time out. And I think I ran it in an hour and 37 minutes. So wow. I, so I was faster than I thought. And I just, at that point, um, the the seed was kind of laid and I was I was hooked on these things. And you were able to keep up with your your coworkers. Yes, yes. Actually, uh, they won't like me saying this, but I but I was ahead of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when you caught the running bug? That was it. And from that point, I ran two other half marathons that year. Um, that year that was and twenty nineteen. That, that was twenty nineteen. Oh, that okay. was twenty nineteen. So I ran two other half marathons in twenty nineteen, and. Uh, a friend of mine in Shreveport who's run several uh, full marathons mm-hmm. basically told me, he said, you you really need to – and I was improving my time on each half marathon. So yeah. he's, he said, it's time for you to kind of step it up. And so I started to lean on some people that that knew a lot more about this than I did. Uh, Trent Wyrick, he's a buddy of mine out of Shreveport, and he's another physical Shout out therapist. to Trent. Shout out to Trent. And so he uh, he kind of started giving me uh, what what they call just a twelve twelve week marathon plan and kind of giving me his his pointers and advice. And I signed up for the Cowtown Marathon in Fort Worth, which was March the first of twenty twenty. So this was about two weeks uh, before everything kind of shut down. Yeah, that was your first marathon. That was the Cowtown. That was my first full marathon. And going into this, Steve, I started talking to runners and people that I knew that had done you know, things like this. And I started hearing the term Boston qualifier and the Boston marathon. And, yeah. and I start learning about, and, you know, reading about the ultimate, you know, the Holy grail of runners is to go run in Boston. And so I, I kind of set up, I was, I was a big goal setter and uh, my parents taught me that growing up. And I just said, well, I'm just going to go qualify for Boston. And, uh, <laughs> and, and everybody that I talked to said, Hey, wait a minute, you know, this is your first marathon. You need to just kind of get out there and, and just take take it easy. You yeah. know, you have, you've never run this far before. A half is nothing like a full. And I said, well, that, that's all right. I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it. You know, I'm going to go for it. So I, I looked up the qualifying times and in order to qualify for Boston at my age, which was I think I was 41 at the time mm-hmm. um, to qualify, you had to run um, under a three hour and 10 marathon. So three hours and ten minutes, you had to be under that under that mark. That was kind of the Boston qualifier for my age group. Okay, and so I went out and ran a three oh six. Okay, you beat and, it by four uh, minutes. I beat it by four minutes and qualified for Boston. My first my first marathon, which was a pretty to me. I was just going out and running hard, but from what I'm hearing, it was a it was a big deal to do that your first marathon. So that really kind of proved to myself that if I do this the right way and if I train the right way. Um, you know, who knows where this can go. And it's, and it's cool for me to be able to find something like this, you know, in my forties when, you know, between, between the age of 25 and 40, I I wasn't doing anything athletically. I mean, I was working out, but, but not anything with a goal or a, you know, something to challenge myself. And, and to be able to find this was pretty cool. Uh, talking about the Cowtown, then, your first marathon, I always hear that from those who have run marathons, you, I guess, about two-thirds of the way through 
26.2 miles, you you tend to hit a brick wall, and yep. then and then you get that second wind. Yep. Did you you experience that as well? The Cowtown, I hit the wall and and it smashed me in the face. Oh I no! Mean, it was it was about mile 21, and the last five miles, and I tell my wife this all the time, was probably the worst I've ever felt physically in my life. It was mm. it was a grind, and it basically was a was a battle just to get to the finish. But I told my I think I think my son was seven at the time. I told him, I said, if, if dad qualifies for Boston, you're going with me. Nice. And uh, that was going through my head those last five miles. It was the hardest five miles I've ever run, uh, but it was worth every second of it. The hardest. And does this does this brick wall come on gradually or is or all of a sudden you're in step number I don't know, whatever and all of a sudden boom it yeah, is for me it was very sudden I can point out the, the spot to you on the Trinity Trail it's over by one of those restaurants down there I can point out the spot where I wanted to just stop and sit down and just just give up oh my and it's a it's a it's a tough tough spot and that's why People that ask me about running, you know, it's it's so much more mental than physical when you get into one of these big well, races. And I was going to say, mental, what's going through your mind? All of a sudden, you hit this wall and you've got, oh my gosh, I've got five more miles to go. Well, that's, but, why, that's why the fact that it was my first race, I had no idea what to expect. That's why it was amazing that I was able to, to finish this race because I had never run that far before. And when I hit that wall, it was the first time I had ever felt anything like that. Now, three years later, which is now, I'm I've done eight of these things, and I know exactly what's coming and how to how to deal with it. So, the fact that it was the first one was a was a pretty crazy crazy day. Now you you've run the Boston Marathon. I ran it last April. So that okay, that was not your second marathon then, was was no, it? No, my second marathon was in Waxahachie. Uh, okay, I've heard uh, of that. We ran a we ran a local marathon. We had signed up for Dallas, and that was when COVID was in kind of in its height, and and Dallas had been canceled a couple times and moved to a, to a different date, and so we found a, a race in Waxahachie, which is an incredible race run by Mr. Paul Box, who uh, probably will hear this. He's shout a, out to Paul. He's a great uh, race director down there. He's run Boston probably. Six or seven times. This is a good friend of mine. But okay. um, that was my second one. And I believe uh, we ended up doing Dallas as our as our third one. Okay. Let's talk about the big cheese then, Boston. When and and where down your list of eight uh, does Boston come into into play? Boston is is exactly what everyone says it is. It's the greatest it's the greatest race in the world because of the because of its history and because of mm-hmm. just the great athletes who have who have run it before you, and it's and it's honestly one of the only places that you can go run. Uh, you can you know tow the starting line behind the best elite runners in the world and run the same course on the same day. Right. And uh, my friend uh, Trent likes to tell me that it's it's the Super Bowl of running. Like you don't you can't go as a football player go play in the Super Bowl, but you can go as a runner and go run in the Boston Marathon. The Cowtown, your first. You ran it three oh six. How'd you do it, Boston? Boston is well known for the hills at the end of the course. Oh no! So it's a it's a net. <laughs> you start off downhill and it has you feeling great, and then all of a sudden you get they call it heartbreak hill. And let's a, whittle out the pack. There's a reason for it. It's yeah, a, it's it's late in the race around mile twenty. There's three big, very big hills, and so I ran. I think I I think I ran a three twelve in Boston, uh, which wasn't as wasn't what I was shooting for, but I was very proud of it. It was a 
you know, the first time on that course is, is difficult because you have to experience it to kind of get that strategy and figure out how you're going to attack it. And how many marathons had you run before that? Before Boston, I had done uh, four marathons. Okay. So Boston was number five. Yeah. You went from, uh, and, and so the Cowtown, you said, got you qualified. Correct. At 306. And there's no time limit then on you've qualified and I think I'm going to run it three years later. Is there is there an expiration date on the qualification? Yeah, you, you have to – I think it's within 18 months. So oh, you, wow. So if you run uh, – for instance, um, if you run a fall marathon, you'd be qualified for the not the, the next spring Boston but the year after that. Okay. So it's kind of an 18-month window that you have to qualify and then uh, – then run the race. Leading up to Boston then, so uh, Fort Worth and Cowtown, Waxahachie, what were the other ones you did before mm-hmm. Boston? So uh, we actually ran a, a marathon in Mansfield. Uh, I remember that, which, yeah. Which, well, it's it wasn't a sanctioned marathon. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we were supposed to run, again, it was a time that we had signed up for Dallas, and it was canceled. So my buddy and I, Jeff Baker, designed a course in Mansfield, and we ran a marathon uh, in Mansfield, it was about 32 degrees, uh, December of 2020, and we ran it and just had a had a great time. It was just the two of us. I, but that's a marathon, you know. I ran the oh, distance, okay. so it was it was a it was kind of a virtual marathon type thing. Nice. And then number four, and and then number four was was Dallas the next year. Okay, that was Dallas the next year. It was the last. It was the December, and then recently uh, Chicago Marathon just two months ago. Uh, Let's talk about Boston again. Then you are in a pack of how many runners? Boston this year, there were 30,000 runners. 30,000 runners. Yeah. Do they put the, the the knowingly faster runners at the front of the pack or or they do? So the, the if you have a faster qualifying time, you're in the 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 earliest corrals so okay. they're going to put you at the beginning um kind of behind the elite the elite runners okay so you're not twenty thousand people back going come on get out of my way I've, i'm working on a time here right right yeah they try to they try to group everybody around their qualifying time okay just for that reason because the course would get very congested if, if it wasn't for that sure and the you mentioned you qualified but there's also the 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 lottery process and correct yes there is there is a lottery uh process in all of the major marathons chicago new york uh berlin london these big major marathons um the lottery process is available. Um, it's, it's some some are easier to get into than others. And Boston does not have a lottery process. They have a a charity process, so they're going to give you the opportunity to raise a certain amount of money uh, and then run the race as a charity runner. Have you ever run the rock and roll marathons? I have not. I'd, I'd like to. I've heard there's a great one in New Orleans, a great one in Nashville, uh, Las Vegas. So there's a lot of there's a lot of marathons that I have my eye on, but. Right now, I'm focused on trying to get these big six, yeah, uh, the world majors. Okay, uh, those those are what I'm kind of have my eye on. We talked about this on the phone that my sister is also a marathon runner, and but she only runs the rock and roll marathons because they are held in tourist cities mm-hmm. that she wants to see. Uh, Honolulu, I believe, was one. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I think Washington D.C. was mm-hmm. one. Uh, San Diego, where we're from, so she got to go back to her hometown. And the for those who uh, are not familiar with the Rock and Roll Marathon, there is a stage with music mm-hmm. at every mile. So 26 stages throughout a 26.2-mile run. 
and and so I guess the music is supposed to keep you pumped up and still running. Uh, it's 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 a good concept. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's a great, like you said, people schedule vacations around these around these races, which sure. I think is a great way to see the United States. And I've I've met people along the road that. Uh, are, are running or in the midst of running a marathon in every state uh, oh, wow. or they're trying to run 50 before they turn 50 whatever it may be but it's a great it's a great way to to get out and not only keep yourself healthy by exercising but go see cool places that you've never been before so you started running back in 2019 with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. In preparation for the half marathon you've run eight marathons to date including Boston, Chicago, and several others. You have a lofty goal in mind with these with these marathons that uh, I was told that you want to become the fastest man in America. <laughs> Is that that that's uh, that's no, I don't I don't think that's quite correct, but no, no, not your not. your PR person then uh, needs a little talking yeah, to that would be my wife. Yeah, <laughs> she she likes to uh, she likes to talk speed and talk fastest person, but uh, and I and I I love her to death, and she's my biggest uh, supporter. Sure, she's at every race, and she uh, she makes it fun for me just the way that she she loves supporting me for that. But the a, a lofty goal of mine is to run these six these six world majors. There's six right now, there's six world majors, world major marathons, and that would be in the United States, Boston, Chicago, New York City, and in in Europe or outside of the United States, London, Berlin, and Tokyo. Wow. And Have you run New York? New York is going to be next year, hopefully. I've, okay. qualif- I've qualified for New York with my Chicago time, and uh, hopefully that will that will ha- transpire about a year from now. All right. So you're two out of three domestically, and then the three right. international ones, you have not run those yet as no, well. No, uh, And the, the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is really for you as a as a physical therapist one who who admittedly at the beginning of the the podcast uh, wasn't interested in running mm-hmm. did not have an interest in running and and really it, it it only took a couple of coworkers to say hey come join us mm-hmm. and now you're running you're not just running cowtown and waxahachie and dallas you're running major league marathons that Anyone can do it. It's true. I mean, I think, and I, and and I've I've become a believer of this because I've gone to these these marathons where you're lining up next to forty thousand people, and truly anyone can do it. It just takes the 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 consistency. It takes the dedication to it, and you have to just go out and and do it every day. And and I try to tell people all the time, like running sounds intimidating. Running twenty six miles, it was intimidating to me. Yeah. But our bodies are capable of amazing things. The human body is is an amazing thing and can adapt to a lot of different a lot of different things. And I think that those people that that trust the process and go out there and build up to it the right way uh, really can achieve these 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 marathons. Is there for someone who does not like running? So let's go back to mm-hmm. okay, let's say twenty eighteen of of mm-hmm. Corey Berlin. Uh, is there is there an age limit to someone who can or cannot do a marathon? For instance, uh, someone in their sixties doesn't like running. Can they all of a sudden 
run 26 miles. They could, I've seen them do it. They You've do seen it. them do it. Yes, I've seen them do it. And and it doesn't take that big, huge background of running because I all of a sudden, a 40-year-old, and I, I drop in and with zero training, zero, um, zero interest in it, and all of a sudden, you know, with the proper time and, and consistency can build up to, you know, half marathon, marathon. And so I, I, I believe this is something that anyone can do. And as a physical therapist, it is the best exercise that we can do. It works every muscle in the body mm-hmm. and it will, uh, it will improve overall health dramatically. And the equipment's not that expensive. It's a well, good, good talk pair. to my wife about that. Yeah, I, I, I buy a pair of shoes. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, a pair of shoes. A pair but of then, shoes about you know. every three months, as, as many miles as I'm running. But, <laughs> uh, but it's it's you're you're right. It's uh, compared to other sports and different things that you could do, golf. You know these things that mm-hmm. that the 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 equipment is very expensive. It is not. It is not very expensive at all. And we live in a we live in a climate, Steve, in Texas where. There's probably five days out of the year that you probably shouldn't go out and run if there's ice on the ground or something like that. But that's we live in a in a climate that you can go out and run every day. Right. And Dallas Fort Worth is not terribly hilly. Exactly. Yeah. And Mansfield is a beautiful place to run. And I see runners out all the time and it is a beautiful place to run. We have a lot of sidewalks on our roads. I don't know if people are familiar with the Walnut Creek Linear Trail. It runs from 360 all the way to downtown. It's a beautiful trail, and uh, the the organizations like uh, Run United, these uh, mm-hmm. Lifetime has a group that runs out of there. It's very easy to get hooked up with people that are like minded and that want to help you and encourage you uh, when you want to start you know, trying to run and, and going out and training for something like this. So around town here in Mansfield, people can find you on the linear trail? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We were probably on that trail a couple times a week and uh, we run we run everywhere uh, because like I said, it's a very, very um, conducive uh, area to do that. Shout out to the Parks Department. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. We never even talked about this, but if, because you work for an organization, you are not a, a business or, or uh, someone... It, but if someone had questions about uh, how do I get in shape or is is there a way that they can contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or even would you be willing to to field questions from, from listeners? I love to talk to people about okay. running because it has changed my life for the better. Um, it's great for my mental health. I have three little boys at home and they want a lot of my attention, rightly so, and their dad. But I, I get up before I'm able to get up an hour before they wake up and go run and just clear my head. I don't listen to to music or carry my phone. It's just a way for me to disconnect. I have two or three guys uh, that live about a mile from me and we we meet up in the mornings and run and we're able to uh, we're able to talk. We're able to pray for each other if we have something that uh, you know that's a, that's a prayer request. And so it's just a great way to to talk to people. Uh, we we meet people every day that that just want to run with us or ask us questions. And so it's a great way to to uh, to connect and to network as well. And how they how can they reach Corey uh, Corey Berlin? Uh, you want me to throw my my email? You out can there? It, uh, if whatever if if you're on if you're on social media, how can they reach you there? Or if they if you want to put out an yeah. email address? Or? Yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram at Corey Berlin three, uh, and then also the same thing on on Gmail Corey Berlin C O R E Y B E R L I N three at Gmail dot com. So those are a couple ways, uh, very easy uh, to get a hold of me. So if you're sitting on the couch and you say, I hate to run, 
it's not it's not too late. And if you need some inspiration, reach out to Corey Berlin. Again, Corey Berlin three at Gmail. The number three. Yep. At Gmail, the digit, the number three at gmail.com. And I I still find this very, very inspirational. Uh just how literally you went from I hate running mm-hmm. to having run eight marathons to with this this passion and I want to run more and not only want to run more but I want I want to run the the six granddaddies of them all mm-hmm. and I, your story is very inspirational. Well, I appreciate it, Steve, and I'm that is the goal to do these big marathons, and I, I want my my three sons to see to see their dad continuing to you know try to achieve great things. And all three of them are interested in running, which I think is is awesome that they can watch me and that they can come out. We're doing a, I'm doing a 5k with my nine-year-old next weekend. And uh, these things that you can, you know, that you can do your whole life uh, that I think, you know, you can, you can show people that, like you said, it's never too late. Yeah. It's never too early. It's running is, um, it is a really great, great way to exercise and to, to, to exercise your, your mind, your body, and uh, and stay stay healthy. A five k is what just a little over three and a half miles. Three point one. Three okay. Three three point one miles. Yep. And is that just like a walk in the park for you? Do you even get a? Does your heart rate ever go up then when you're doing three miles? You know, a five a five is it three point one three point two? I I'll probably get blasted for not knowing. <laughs> but I don't run a lot of five k's. Okay. Um, I have I have run five k's, but when I run those, I try to run. Really fast, so yes, my heart rate does go up okay. when, I'm, when I'm running a five k. <laughs> Corey, uh, again, very, very inspirational. I've enjoyed the uh, the time, and thanks for being on about Mansfield. Thanks for having me. I really go, appreciate it. Go, go, become America's fastest man. <laughs> Over forty, right? <laughs> Over forty. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thank you. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk in studio with a Mansfield resident who has a passion for helping kids in orphanages all over the globe, as we'll talk with Allies in Youth Development's CEO, Chris Bergen. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.